Oh, yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like if a quiz is quizzical, what's a test? Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris... She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather spent all week wondering that if a deaf child uses signing to swear, does his mother wash his hands with soap and water? Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> How's that working for you? Any solutions with that? My hands are sore. Wow. It's a bit early in the evening for that. We also have with us the analytical, both hands I noticed. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim wondered this week why there isn't a shorter word for monosyllabic. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC Outside Broadcast Department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg spent the whole of the 1980s thinking that Little Red Riding Hood was a Russian contraceptive. Welcome to the show. Hello. Wow. Series two, episode 
17. I just want to start the show by introducing how fabulous the number 17 is. 17 is a very important number, apparently, in the Harry Potter series. It is the coming of age for wizards and the number of sickles in one galleon. 17 is the percentage of alcohol found (laughs) in Bailey's Irish Cream. I think this is a fabulous invention because the Irish are renowned for selling and exporting whiskey, and they're also famous for cream. So somewhere along the line, someone thought to themselves, we'll put whiskey and cream together. What a fabulous idea for the two things that Ireland is famous for. So and it is fantastic. It is, and it's got 70% proof, apparently. So uh, if we were to do a similar thing in America, you'd probably end up liquidizing um, a sausage from a hot with dog cheese. bun. With some cheese and a can of Coca-Cola, I would <laughs> guess. 17 was the original title of the song, I Saw Her Standing There. By the Beatles. Did you know that? Real, 17. Oh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. all very well saying, yes, after the event, you're not getting any points for that. <laughs> I saw us. Wow. Yay. Kim uses I was waiting the word. for you to say it, Heather. <laughs> yep. I was just waiting for an opening. It'll come Kim, again. Kim gets in early with the word diaphanous and gains a point. <laughs> if you're wondering what we're talking about, then you've only got yourself to blame on where were you five shows ago. Um, I saw us standing there as a karaoke classic, but it's one of those songs that starts off quite low. And if you don't start off low enough, by the time you get to the and I saw her standing there, you've got major problems. It's one of those songs where if people start singing it and you start high, everyone in the audience starts wincing and kind of, you know, clenching because they know at some point in that song you're going to be getting to notes you can't reach. Um, You're just too good to be true is one of those songs. If you start singing karaoke, you're just too good to be true. You've got to start lower. You've got to go. You're just too good to be true. Because at some point, two or three minutes in, you're going to get to ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-da, and then it's game over from that point if you started off too high. I think, yes, well, we won't go. (laughs) Public information. If you're doing karaoke, public information. Do not start too high for I saw her standing there, or you're just too good to be true. I wish to thank our listeners. We had... More listeners in Denmark last week than any other nation, which is remarkable because no one around the table knows anyone who's living in Denmark. So somewhere in Denmark, there's either been some sort of website or media event or maybe something mentioned on a radio or on YouTube. We are and we have more listeners in Denmark last week than any other nation. They love us. They love us in Denmark, which is fabulous. We're all happy to embrace the European Union, even though they're not in it. Um, Ireland, we also had lots of listeners in Ireland, Canada as well. And we had some listeners in South Africa last week. So I want to thank them for tuning in and listening to our show on darkmatterradio.net just after 10 o'clock and going out live. I just want to mention that we actually had a fun weekend. We went to a place in Laverne. Now, Laverne is in the southwest bottom corner of Minnesota, just on the border there where Iowa meets South Dakota in a place called Rock County. And Kim told me that Rock County is very famous because Minnesota, of course, is the land of 10,000 lakes. And Rock County does not have a single lake that is not man-made, which makes Rock County very unique within Minnesota. We went to a rock shop. There's a place we've been itching to get to for some time. I think it's called Those Blasted Things, yeah, which is quite right. funny yep. when you think about the stones and the rocks and the, and the quarrying that's going on there. And uh, we met a gentleman in there called Vance, and uh, we spent a very long time in his rock shop and we were talking about crystals and of course if you recall we've spoken in the last few weeks about the fact that there is a blue moon coming very soon on the 31st of july 
And uh, if you wish to get your rocks and crystals out underneath that blue moon, they will be supercharged and you will have a hand grenade of quartz in your hand and world domination will be at your fingertips. Or you could throw it into a load of ice and a palace will arrive and Marlon Brando will talk to you in a strange voice. Either one of those two <laughs> things could happen. But I was just going to go around the room briefly and discuss rocks and crystals and perhaps what you thought was very interesting about the shop and the things you took away from you. Heather, what did you find out when you went to the rock shop in Laverne this week? I felt like a kid in a candy store. I didn't know where to start. I obviously didn't bring enough money because there were so many interesting things that were there. And to see um, my favorite stone, I would have to say, is the, I don't know what the technical name for it was, but it's called a TV stone. And I've never seen one before. Yeah, I've, I've never seen one of these before. And I've worked with rocks and crystals most of my career. It's called Eulazite, mm-hmm. U-L-E-X. I-T-E. And uh, do you want to talk about the properties of that stone? I found this remarkable. I've never seen this before. I don't know how this has passed me by, to be honest. It actually acts at like a little magnifying glass, a natural magnifying glass. The image is actually um, conveyed from the bottom of the rock to the top of the rock, and you can see right through the rock, yes, whatever so you, you're reading. or If you put it on the printed text, mm-hmm. the text comes through the rock and sits at the top of the stone and brings it forward. It's very bizarre, and I, I did read that no other crystal or rock has that properties because it has to have the crystals formed in a straight line all the way through to make that happen, which is very rare because nature abhors straight lines normally. So that was a very interesting rock, and it's good for clairvoyancy, apparently, I read. Clear seeing, which is interesting when you can clearly see through the rock. It's Kim, did you, that, did you that bring That rock appeared to be white when you looked at it, too. It, it didn't appear it, to be clear to see through it that way, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't... It looks white. Diaphanous, then. Oh, <laughs> I'm now on one point. Excellent. I gave you the chance to jump in. You never took it. I'm setting I'm them up waiting. for you. I'm waiting. You're waiting for your chance to say diaphanous. It needs to be contextual. It yes. needs to be relevant. Does anyone else want to add anything to that? What I do you think? Yes. Um, even though Heather said that she didn't bring enough money, I want to point out that the shop was very reasonable on their prices. It was just that they had so many oh things God. that a person wanted that you didn't have enough money. That is absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. And the owners of the store, I'm very impressed with their knowledge of every single rock and stone you can think of. Um, or, or you can't think of, because I didn't know that stone before, ever. There was a ton in there I'd never, ever heard of. Sure. Yeah. They had some fabulous fossils as well. There was lots yes, of amazing fossils in there. And you're right, it wasn't because the prices were uh, expensive. It was the fact that you filled up a basket and then thought to yourself, hang on a second, I'm taking... <laughs> I have to put you know, a few things back. <laughs> 30 pounds worth of <laughs> stones here with me. I'm getting aggregate for the garden. I'm obsessed at the moment with Mookite. M-O-O, Mookite. I don't know why. It's just, it appeals to me at the moment. I'm just buying a lot of Mookite. I'm carrying it around. I've got stones in my pockets. I'm walking with a limp. My trousers are falling down. It's a terrible, sad state of affairs. But I am obsessed with that stone at the moment. And it does come in the most amazing deep reds and purples. And I did get a fabulous stone that's the size of a baseball. And it has seams running through it. And it genuinely looks like you're looking at Jupiter. It looks like a Jupiter stone. So I, I, I was impressed with uh, the Mookite, actually. And I did buy some quartz as well with the idea that the blue moon is going to be out shortly. So I'm kind of preparing for that, I guess. But I thought that was a fabulous place. So if you're interested, it's called the Blasted Stones, is it? Those Blasted Those Things. Those Blasted Things, my apologies. The gentleman who runs that is called Vance. He also gave us directions to the Blue Mounds, which I'd never been to before. 
And there are some mounds up there that are Native American. In fact, go back further than the Native American period to the Mississippian culture. And they do have rocks in a line there where they think they've created a line of rocks for the equinox. And it was only uh, the following day, of course, was the uh, summer equinox. It was interesting we were up there. But they were a fabulous series of rocks. And I am interested now in petroglyphs and uh, early Native American cultures. So uh, I'm going to go up there again and uh, perhaps have a bit of a walk around. They've got bison up there as well. They've got a herd of bison, about 150 bison, roaming the plains as it used to be back in the day. So it's a fabulous place to be. If you get a chance, do get to Laverne in the bottom left-hand corner of Minnesota. We're going to run into the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings with our pockets filled full of rocks and our eulazite just probing and pressing through the surface. I've got a story here that says ghostly hands appear in post-earthquake images from Borneo. A pair of dark disembodied hands similar of that to the thing from the Adams family made a spooky appearance in two photographs taken at Mount Kinabulu shortly after the 5.9 magnitude earthquake which hit Subar. Vice President Mr. Usopp, who is part of a group of donors, was pictured with the mysterious limbs, said neither images taken at the base of Mount Kinabulu were altered. Many people asked us about the photographs, but even when we have difficulty determining what it was, he thinks it may have been a mysterious creature or a problem with the cameras, he said. The images which have since gone viral were taken using separate gadgets, a mobile phone for one and a Nikon camera for the other so if people are interested there are two pictures taken on two separate devices of the same ghostly phenomenon if you want to see those ghostly hands appearing there just in front of the vice president mr usop of that particular area um you're welcome to do so you can visit our facebook site that is more questions than answers with adrian lee and you can see those for yourself but i don't know if the rest of the team have actually witnessed these but to have the photographs taken on two separate devices picturing the same ghostly hands and the gentleman who's actually presenting them is the vice president of the country that's uh, quite something there in mount kinabalu uh, in borneo he's the vice president of borneo this actually looks like a pair of ghostly hands coming out of your zipper for some strange reason, like some sort of Masonic <laughs> handshake. Um, it would make you think twice about shaking hands, I would suggest. And a game of stone, scissors and paper would probably be fun there for all the family. Has anyone seen this picture? No. It's no. very creepy and very odd. The vice president of Borneo is standing there and there are a ghostly pair of hands. Coming out of his pants? It looks that way, yes. His pants are possessed, apparently. Or, or that's what he told his wife when she was coming up the path. What have you got for me tonight, Heather, in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Well, I've got some information for you about Wigan being named the third most spooky town in the country. In Britain, I'm guessing. Yes. The third. It's interesting there's a newspaper article on the third, because you'd think there'd be a newspaper article on at least the first or the second. No. Hurrah, we were the second best losers. Let's do a newspaper (laughs) article on us. I'm guessing not much happens in Wigan. Well, it actually came in the top five for both UFO and ghost sightings as well. Oh, so it's doubling up. I take it back, Wigan. You are the centre of paranormal hotspots. What we have to remember is that Wigan was a medieval market town which was originally built on a Roman settlement. Wigan is thought to have existed from the year 1246. Is that's that, very is interesting. That, well, that it says 12. That's medieval. But, of course, the Romans were in Britain from 0 AD to 400 AD. So if there was a Roman settlement there, then obviously we're talking between 0 and 400. So that settlement would go back further than that. But the date you just gave me would certainly put that slap bang in the medieval period. 
Well, Wigan came behind Torquay and Stoke-on-Trent for supernatural happenings and behind Falkirk and Bexley for UFO spotting. Bexley's very interesting because that's in Kent and there used to be a big airfield there during the Second World War where the Spitfires would land and it's on a hill, it's very high. So if you're in Bexley, you're going to get a better view of the atmosphere and the sky than anywhere else in the south of England, I would suggest. So that certainly doesn't surprise me. It might not be that there's more UFOs in Bexley. It's just you've got a better chance of seeing them, I would suggest. Mm, Gotcha. Two locations in the borough which are notorious for sightings are High Hall and Treacherfield Mill. Emin added, over the years, I have heard stories from people that have worked at High Hall and have reported some very strange incidents. It has attracted many reports of poltergeist activity tricks being played on staff members phantom voices and people being shoved and there are also legendary stories about the top floor which have been sealed off for many years don't go to the top floor well actually you know we can go back to when we investigated the bark center in Wyndham, and the top floor was very haunted that's where greg and kim actually experienced their uh, their ghosts for the first time yes i do recall that was actually on greg's birthday because i yeah, remember one of the spirits came through and said happy birthday to greg and greg sat there and thought wow one of the spirits just said happy birthday <laughs> and then we all sat and looked at one another as if to say hang on a second How did it know it was Greg's birthday? He's being stalked, I tell you. And we had ghostly footsteps running back and forth and back and forth. Well, you've got to remember, this is the high school, and on the top floor was where the science labs were, because all Mm -hmm. science labs are on top floors in case of explosions and uh, fumes and the like. But you're absolutely right. And then we heard some footsteps coming from the auditorium, and we later discovered that a gentleman fell off the roof of the auditorium when he was putting the roof on that and actually died. So uh, I'm going to actually include that as a chapter of my next book. I'm writing a book um, as a sequel to my mysterious Minnesota, which is going to be called The Mysterious Midwest. And I am actually going to include the chapter where we had those experiences on the top floor of a disused school in Wyndham. So you should have points. Wigan apparently is very haunted. I like the idea as well that Bexley Heath is the biggest hotspot in Britain for UFOs. If you wish to see UFOs in Britain, get to the Garden of England in Kent there with your laser thermometer and your laser lights and shine them up in the sky. Probably not a good idea to do that because it's quite close to Gatwick actually. You may bring a few planes down, that might be an unfortunate. (laughs) I didn't see any UFOs but there was this big flaming object coming out of the sky that had wings and uh, had TWA written on the side. (laughs) Kim, what have you got for me in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? The Vatican is investigating the Majori apparitions. The Vatican is set to rule on the validity of a long history of Virgin Mary sightings in Bosnia. More than one million pilgrims visit the small Bosnian town of Majori each year thanks to its extensive history of apparition sightings which have been reported for more than three decades. The phenomenon gained worldwide attention in the early 1980s when six children started to encounter visions of the Virgin Mary dressed in white with a baby cradled in her arms. Despite the town's popularity over the years, its spiritual significance has been widely contested. Even the local bishop has expressed skepticism over the authenticity of the sightings, while many people have condemned the whole thing as a long-running hoax. So the Vatican have actually said this is happening here, but the local bishop is saying it's just people playing a hoax. So, Well, it's being investigated. Ah, investigated. Um, in 2010, Pope Benedict, Benedict XVI launched an internal commission to investigate the Majori apparitions, which, despite having continued for such a long time, have proven difficult to verify. On Saturday, Pope Francis, who has himself expressed a degree of skepticism about the case, announced that a report had been submitted to the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, 
and a formal ruling from the Vatican on the matter is expected to be announced soon. <laughs> miracles or no miracles, this is the question. I have actually heard of that story before. I think when you mentioned they did a survey back in 2010, I remember seeing that there. But there are a lot of mysterious things going on in the former Yugoslavia. You mentioned that was in Bosnia. Um, I've done a lot of lectures and a lot of research on UFOs in Renaissance art. And it's amazing how many chapels and frescoes in the former Yugoslavia in places like Croatia and uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina have chapels from the 15th and 13th century that have UFOs flying through them. So I do know that's a hot spot for UFO activity as well. But we shall stay tuned. If the Vatican are looking into it, then I'm sure we'll be getting an answer in the next two to 300 years <laughs> i have a story here that says mystery it's interesting because i've got a deck of tarot cards and one of the tarot cards is called the pope and it's a fabulous deck of cards that was designed in 1492 by the german renaissance artist albrecht durer and uh, one of the cards is the pope and it represents things moving at a really slow pace. It represents <laughs> things that are dusty, bureaucracy, red tape. Nothing's going to get done soon. This is where we are. So if you're looking to build an extension on your house or you're looking to come into some money or you're looking for love and you get the Pope, then you've got a long wait on your hands. I have a story here that says mystery is 600 dogs jump from a haunted suicide bridge, leaving at least 50 dead. At least 50 dogs have leapt to their deaths from a 50-foot suicide bridge, and nobody knows why. Animal psychologists are baffled by the bizarre phenomenon that has been seen up to 600 dogs jumping off the bridge for no apparent reason. Explanations range from the curious canines being overexcited to ghosts haunting the centuries-old bridge next to the Gothic castle <coughs> Overton House. Some locals in West Dumbartonshire, Scotland, even claim it could be the spirit of the White Lady of Overton, who has been sighted there for over a hundred years. Not the white dog-killing Lady of Overton, by any chance. <laughs> Religious and philosophy teacher Paul Owen said, I was standing there two years ago when I felt a firm, hard prod that felt like a finger. Wow, now all sorts of women are turning up to feel the ghostly, cold finger of doom sounds like the residual energy of a prostate check i suspect <laughs> something or someone was trying to push me on the bridge he said just like the dogs in 1994 kevin moy threw his baby son to his death and uh, later tried to kill himself at the same spot that's not a funny story i'm not saying it's funny i never made a joke about that a sign now warns dog owners of the dangerous bridge reading please keep your dogs on a lead as ghostly fingers will kill them I made that last bit up. It just says keep dogs on these. The tragic pets mostly jump from the same spot in clear weather and are breeds with long snouts. Another more scientific theory suggests minks below are responsible for attracting dogs with their powerful musky scent. Three-year-old Cassie is one of the few dogs to survive the fall and she's been interviewed and apparently hasn't said much. She has been walked by her owner, Alice Trevawa, and her son Thomas when the Springer Spaniel suddenly leapt from the 50-foot high bridge for no apparent reason. Alice told the Daily Record, we had just got out of the car and Casey immediately made her way to the bridge. She turned her head looked up and did this massive leap. I will never forget the awful whine as she made the leap. Roughly translated, that probably said goodbye, cruel world. My son looked down. Roughly. Roughly. Do you see how that works? <laughs> I'm glad you're awake, Kim. Points for me. I'm now on four. My son looked down and all he could see was a dot. She managed to get herself up and met my son, collapsing when she saw him. How she survived that, I will never know. However, Donna Cooper was not so lucky. 
She witnessed her collie dog Ben's tragic sudden death when he leapt over a parapet onto the granite bridge without warning. His paw was broken, his jaw was broken and his back was broken and badly twisted. Ben was taken to the vets before they made the decision to put him down. Leading animal behavioralist Dr. David Sands investigated the cases for Animal Planet and offered an alternative explanation. I've looked at pictures, but coming to this place for the first time, it has a kind of strange feeling. It's perfectly natural for people to want to look down, and I'm wondering if that's the same for the dogs. I think it's highly likely all of these cases is that the curiosity actually killed the dog. I like the idea that a disgruntled cat is actually sat below blowing a dog whistle. I just thought that'd be great. There's a cat <laughs> sat on a huge pile of dog carcasses, 600 over the last few years, sat there with a little whistle, and the next dog comes over the bridge, and the cat blows the whistle. You can't hear it, of course. It's a dog whistle. And then the dog goes leaping off the bridge, and the cat chalks another one up. Disgruntled cats and dog whistles, I tell you. But that's the ghostly bridge that's killed over 600 dogs question about your bridge uh, and maybe you said it in the beginning why is there no railing up then they're jumping over the railing well then how do they see what to jump for i don't know perhaps they've got a periscope it's one of those dogs with a periscope (laughs) perhaps they've got sighted owners that look for the dogs how would that be all right i'm just guessing this is where we are (laughs) heather what have you got for me now in the round of ghosts and hauntings you desperately need the points you're currently on two this should do it for me oh let's hope so (laughs) an alleged burglar told a woman he was sent by god he was sent by god to rob her yes that works wickoff township police arrested i'm sorry whack off what yes it's actually it could be pronounced as whack off it's whack off i bet it's in florida Probably. <laughs> yeah, we I need to do some research. Right. Isn't it Wyckoff? I don't know, but I think it's Wyckoff. I prefer Wackoff, to be honest. But you Wickoff, know. Wackoff, Wyckoff. Let's call the whole thing <laughs> off. Uh, they arrested 20-year-old Zaki Muhammad of Patterson on Tuesday night. He's charged with burglary, and it isn't known if he has retained an attorney yet. Nathan? <laughs> There's work to be had in Wackoff. Yes. <laughs> Authority. <laughs> Let's hope they take a large deposit. Authorities say the 68-year-old Wyckoff, Wackoff, Wickoff woman had just returned from a bus trip when she found Muhammad lying in her car with the seat back. So she, this is a guy called Muhammad who says he was sent by God. Yes. Okay. She told him to leave, but he told her that God had sent him. He also allegedly gave police a fake name and address. God told me not to do the washing up, sweetheart. Yes. God told me I didn't need to put the garbage out. Do you use that often? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Police say Muhammad had kicked off his shoes in the car and was wearing a pair of slippers the woman had recently purchased. So he'd stolen her. God told him to do it. God told him to take her slippers. I think that's in Exodus, if my memory serves me right. Steel slippers? Thou shalt take woman's slippers. I think I've read that. In sleeping car. In sleeping car. Exodus, Mm. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, so it was all about God. All about God. I'm still wondering how that creeps into ghosts and hauntings. But yeah, desperation. Yes, you can say God as many times as you want, but I'm not sure how that's ghosts and hauntings. I should give you (laughs) points because you're pouting. What our (laughs) listeners can't see at the moment is your pouty lip. We shall get a photograph of that and put it on our website. That is the end of the round. That is ghosts and hauntings. Greg's been very quiet at the moment. He's currently (laughs) on zero, but the night is still young. Kim is in second place on three points, and I'm in a resplendent tide lead with Heather with four 
points each. As we go into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology, it's green men and hairy beasties. Heather, what have you got for me in the round of cryptozoology and UFOs? Russia hints at U.S. moon landing investigation. U.S. moon landing investigation. Yeah. I'm sure they must have been there at some point in the late 60s and early 70s. It kind of rings a bell. A Russian government official has proposed an international investigation into the moon landings. It's a bit late. That was like 30-odd years ago. And I some know, 40. But you got to know the reason why. In a recent newspaper column article, Russia's investigative committee spokesman, Vladimir Markin, Use the recent FIFA corruption probe as a basis on which to suggest the U.S. authorities had overstepped their boundaries and that international investigators could just as easily look into some of the more questionable aspects of the Apollo moon landings. I don't understand how the Apollo moon landings are very similar to Qatar and Russia buying bids off of FIFA for votes for the World Cup. I mean, obviously, I'm struggling. That's why I did the story. I thought you could answer a few questions. <laughs> there are more questions than answers, I fear. But on the back of the fact that 14 FIFA officials have been arrested for money laundering and all kinds of shenanigans to do with finances and the Russians looking like they could lose the World Cup that is imminent in 2018. I think this sounds like the Russians wanting to have a dig back at the Americans. God, I miss the Cold War. Didn't you miss it when you had a proper enemy? <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, you toyed with the idea of hating the English for a while and every villain in a Hollywood film was English. Then you toyed with the idea of hating the Japanese and then the Japanese economy went down the toilet. So then you had a bit of a dabble with hating the Chinese, which is difficult when they actually haven't owned all your money. I, I just miss the good old all days. All our landmarks, too, I think. Absolutely. Well, your, your biggest landmark is French, of all things, of course, with the Statue of Liberty. But... Uh, I just like the idea that, you know, I miss the good old days where you had a proper enemy, someone you could focus on, There's, the red menace. There you go. And in, I'm encouraged by this. This is fabulous. In particular, he raised concerns over what had happened to the original footage taken in 1969 and the 400 kilograms of lunar rock collected during various visits to the moon between 69 and 72. Mrs. Armstrong's got him in her garden as a rockery at the moment with a nice section of succulents. There's no telling what you can put in a rock garden. This is very true. I've seen gravestones and all kinds of things used in rock gardens. It's outrageous. <laughs> Who knew? So no one's visited my house since I used all the gravestones I found in the backwoods for my rockery. So uh, you leave me alone. I'm, I've recreated Boot Hill in the comfort of my own garden there. Sadly, that's a true story. Uh, we are not contending that they did not fly to the moon and simply made a film about it, but... Uh, all of these scientific or perhaps cultural artifacts are part of the legacy of humanity and their disappearance without a trace is our common loss. An investigation will reveal what happened. So they really want to probe into this probe to find out what had happened to all the rocks. But they the say question, that a lot of them are at the Lyndon B. Johnson Space Center in Texas or various museums and universities across the globe. So I'm not quite sure what they're talking about. I think the biggest question on my lips, and I think all of our listeners will probably want this answered, is how does that fall into UFOs and cryptozoology? Moon landing. Moon landing. Is that Moon cryptozoology rocks. or UFOs? Just, and, you know, UFOs. Thin, and thin, thin week, was it? A thin week for UFOs in your the world. The rocks are coming from outer space. <laughs> they yeah? are. Well, they do say the moon was actually made from the Earth once, so I'm not sure you could argue that, to be honest. But I'd never heard that before. Yeah, they You're think... Full I of, neither. Really? You're full of bull. 
No, this is the God's honest truth. Whatever. The meteor hit the earth. Uh-huh. And the debris went up Bring into that the sky. Story. Bring it on. Are you going to let me finish? Or, you, know, <laughs> you asked why. I'm trying to tell you. I've got points to try and win here. We're level pegging. <laughs> they reckon when the earth was formed, meteors hit the earth and the debris that shot up into the sky got pulled together by gravity and created the moon. They think the moon actually came from the earth originally. Then why isn't it shaped like, like an earth. oddly shaped it's, rock? It and is why an ob- is it, it round? Is a- it is round. Everything's round. Everything gets shaped round, madam. This is true. It's amazing how you can build a smaller thing from something a lot larger. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're a talking rib. So you can see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial, ladies and gentlemen. I have a story here that actually involves UFOs. NASA's Curiosity rover spots pyramid on Mars. Is it proof of an ancient civilization? I'm getting the look, and Kim's giving me her mother's finger. <laughs> NASA's Curiosity rovers captured images of a perfectly formed pyramid on Mars, and conspiracy theorists reckon it's proof of an alien civilization. The pyramid is thought to be about the size of a car, and most people believe it's nothing more than a coincidental rock formation. That must be those perfectly shaped pyramid rock formations that I read so much about. However, the YouTube channel Paranormal Crucible goes further, insisting the near-perfect design and shape means the pyramid is the result of intelligent design and certainly not a trick of the light or shadows other outlandish theories suggest the pyramid is simply the tip of a larger structure buried underground some viewers pointed out that the mysterious pyramid could have been formed by wind i spent a lot of time in north africa and i was troubled greatly by wind Uh, i must tell you in north uh, africa i was in tunisia I spent a lot of time in Tunisia. Do you know what the national dish is of Tunisia? We've already discussed the national dish of America is the hot dog, and we discussed Irish Bailey's cream. What is the national dish of Tunisia? Does anyone want to have a stab at that? No. It is an egg. And what they do is they get the egg, they cover it in batter, and then they fry it. It's a battered egg. And it's called a brick. So you can go into a restaurant and ask for the house brick. It will be the brick that the restaurant makes. But it's an oxymoron because the last thing that particular dish was was a brick, I can assure you. It was the complete opposite of that in many ways. And my lower intestinal tract pressed the ejector seat button, unfortunately, and I had to reinsert it with a shoehorn. This isn't the first time the conspiracy fans have seized on images from Mars as evidence that it all is not what it seems. Earlier this year, pictures emerged reportedly showing a mushroom cloud and the shadow of a workman on the red planet and if you look really closely you can make out the faint remains of adam sandler's career kid what have you got for me in the round of (laughs) ufos and cryptozoology i also have a story about dogs fantastic this is our theme for the night roughly Roughly. eight million dog mummies are unearthed in egypt roughly or a year or just in general in one Digging? In one digging. That's a lot of dogs in one digging. (laughs) The ancient Egyptian jackal-headed god of death, Anubis, was worshipped by huge numbers of people. Researchers excavating catacombs near the historic site of Saqqara in Egypt have revealed that the site was once home to more than 8 million dog mummies. The find reinforces the idea that Anubis, the ancient Egyptian god of death, had a huge following and was a staple part of life for millions of people for hundreds of years. We're very pleased and somewhat surprised by the results, said director Paul Nicholson. We hadn't expected that there would be so many animals, and it opens up a new series of questions. 
These days, only a small number of the mummies still remain in the catacombs as most of them had either disintegrated over the years or had been removed by grave robbers. Other mummified animals found at the site include cats, foxes, falcons, and mongooses. It would have been a busy place, said Nicholson, a permanent community of people living there supported by the animal cults. While investigating the catacombs, the researchers even found the fossil remains of a long-extinct sea creature dating back millions of years. Wow. I understood that the Egyptians celebrated and worshipped cats, because if you go to the British Museum, you can see a whole room just full of mummified cats. And I was aware of Anubis, but I didn't realise, and I hadn't known before, that they were mummifying dogs. That's the first one for me. I'm actually born in Year of the Dog. Does anyone know their Chinese horoscope year? I'm Year of the Dog, which means I always have a wet nose and I have trouble passing lampposts. Um, does anyone else know their Year of their sign? I'm not 100% sure, but I think I'm Year of the Snake. Year of the Snake. Rabbit. You're a rabbit, are you? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think, Nathan, if you don't know, you look like a guinea pig, so I think we're going to go with year, <laughs> year of the guinea pig. Greg, do you know yours? No idea. No idea. We are going to look that up for you. But I'm guessing you're the guinea pig. There is no guinea pig. I made that up. I know. I know. It's more of a karate move. Is the quivering guinea pig. I think you know, I've, I've seen Year it. of the Rat. Year of the Rat. That would be my sister as well, actually. Year of the Rat. Yes, the quivering guinea pig is, of course, a karate move, swiftly followed by the brain donkey. Very dangerous. I have a story here that says, Strange fleet of UFOs caught on camera by baffled eyewitnesses as they hover in the early morning sky. A strange fleet of unidentified flying objects have been caught on camera by a baffled man who spotted the lights hovering above his home. Five double-orbed lights were seen dramatically changing position in the early morning sky above Tama, a central city in Peru. According to the filmmaker, the video was captured at 5am, although other details about the footage remain unclear. The baffling YouTube clip has since been shared by a website which collects UFO videos and stories from all over the world. Since the video was published, it has also attracted the attention of social media users, with some viewers appearing very enthusiastic about the footage, convinced it is proof of alien life forms. One commentator wrote, What happens if you do signs with a flashlight or a laser? Have you tried to? Do your legs not tremble? The last thing I would want to do is to get a laser pen and say, Hey, I'm down here, come and get me. We've discussed this before. I'm happy to sit in a basement with a flashlight and a K2 meter and say to a ghost, come and say hello, because I know what a ghost is. It's, it's a dead person. I have an understanding of what it is to be dead, and I have an understanding of what it is to be a person. The last thing I would do is stand in the middle of a field, firing up a laser pen into the sky and say, come and get me, because you know that will end in years of regressive hypnotherapy, three lost hours of your life, and the inability to be able to ride a bicycle for a month. <laughs> Another added thank you, amazing fleets of alien ships recorded all around the earth of late or in fact chinese lanterns but then you'd have to be very enthusiastic to get up in the morning at five o'clock to light chinese lanterns i would suggest if anyone wants to see this strange fleet of ufos caught in the early morning skies over peru you can visit our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee where you can look at those objects and decide for yourself whether it is a fleet of ufos ready to probe and to search humanity awesome Chinese lanterns. Stay with me for more of the same ghostly news after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets Maya and Bumfley to discuss all things paranormal. <laughs> the group's... I can't say that properly anymore. For the rest of my life, I'm going to say my Bumfley instead of by monthly. It's, it's imprinted on my mind. Once you've made a synaptic link, it's stuck there for life. 
We're now looking at shock therapy treatment to get rid of that. I'll be in a room with my feet in a bucket of water. I think we can arrange that for you. Excellent. <laughs> I normally have to pay for that, Kim, so that's very kind of you to offer. They'll get a wet sponge, put it on my head, plug it into the sockets. I'll say my bum flea, and you'll hear, zzz, uh, and I'll say my bum flea, zzz, uh, until I get it right. It is bi-monthly, of course, to discuss all things paranormal. I'm giving them such a good plug here. For such a long period of time, I should be getting more money. If I can drag this out for another two minutes, I'm going to ask Lorna of the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group to buy me two Mars bars. <laughs> the group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, cryptozoology, suicidal dogs, Bigfoots, Chinese lanterns, crop circles, and whether any of Heather's stories have UFOs or cryptozoology. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where, why, and how of these phenomena. Meetings are from 7 to 9 p.m. Central in the Banquet Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park, Minnesota. For more information, visit their website, lapig.org. For people who believe that standing in the middle of a cornfield, frowsing in, firing up a laser pen into the sky because they don't own a bicycle is perfectly normal. I also want to draw your attention to the fact they are organising a fabulous Paracon. It's the second weekend of July. And if people wish to go to that, it's in Long Prairie. It's celebrating the 50th anniversary of a very famous UFO landing in Long Prairie there in the middle of Minnesota. It's a weekend long experience of ufo lecturers there's going to be jerome clark there who wrote the ufo encyclopedias there's going to be mark randall there who's uh, sometimes seen on the tv on the alien shows on the history channel and i will actually be giving a talk there myself there's going to be ghost walks trips around the very haunted christie house lots of history stuff and ufo stuff there so if people are interested grab your ufo encyclopedia books and uh, get to Long Prairie in the second weekend of July and get Jerome Clark to sign those for you. The Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network MUFON meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre in New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings are from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or knows where the Russians have hidden all the moon rock, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of UFO information can be found at mnmufon.org. I would love to hear from you if you would like your business or product to be advertised live on more questions and answers. Reaching the nation and beyond with informative, well-educated listeners of good taste and a love of the paranormal and all things oddly intriguing. If you wish your product to be liberally advertised throughout the whole of the nation of Denmark, this is the place to be. In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know, which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I'm your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania for the annoying inability to upset all the girls on tonight's team by comparing them to a talking rib. Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. If you only Nathan's laughing. If you've just joined us, then where have you been and what could have been more important? If you have stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. Hurrah and a happy dance all around the bedroom. High fives all round. 
Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolor for your perusal, including all the photographs and videos that accompany our stories and a photograph of a little cat huddled beneath a Gothic bridge with a dog whistle in its mouth. You can also write to me and send me your stories at mqta at rocketmail.com. And my Twitter account is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And we currently have 55,000 followers on there. So thank you for following what we do and join me on that particular site for all the fun and frivolity that is more questions than answers. I've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has thankfully stopped snoring from the room next door so onwards we march into the round that is the strange and the bizarre the stories from around the world this week that are too odd too bizarre not to be read out but don't fit into any other category heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre indiana debuts bacon scented lottery scratch off tickets bacon scented lottery tickets yes greg you can have it He'll be licking. He'll be licking them off. The Hoosier Lottery has debuted a new bacon-scented lottery game that offers players the possibility of winning a twenty-year supply of the savory meat. Yay! I wonder what they consider to be a twenty-year supply of bacon. I think it goes into it a little. That's bit. That's the best thing you could possibly. Bearing in mind in this room, Greg's allergic to bacon and Nathan's Jewish. How is this a benefit <laughs> to anyone? How's that going to work? We get their share. This is true. I shall buy you the scratch cards. You <laughs> shall be fine. The new scratch-off lottery game called Bringin' Home the Bacon is infused with the aroma of bacon. It debuted Tuesday at 4,400 Hoosier Lottery retailers. Go get them, you Indiana people. Indiana people. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are Hoosiers. Damn you and your bacon ways. Players who buy the tickets costing $2 each can win prizes up to $10,000. $10,000 worth of bacon? No, 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 no. Do you get it all in one lump? Do they arrive with a big, like, semi? They just drop off a pig. You there have you to... go. You've <laughs> got to feed it and water it. There you but go. But there's your supply. While five players will actually win a 20-year supply of bacon <laughs> paid in installments valued at only $5,000, boo, or annually $250. Annually $250 that of bacon. That much? That's like 10 pounds of bacon, isn't it? <laughs> I was just going to say, I would never be able to spend $250 a year on bacon. Really? No. Oh, I don't That's know. like a week. Yeah. <laughs> Heather lives in a bacon house. It's I like do. Hansel and Gretel, but it's all made of bacon. See? It's lovely. <laughs> the new lottery game is a partnership with the Indiana Pork, a nonprofit group that represents 3,000 Indiana hog farmers. That partnership will include bacon tastings in Indianapolis. Bacon tasting. Fort so, is Wayne. that where you swill it around your mouth and then spit it into a spittoon? Yes, and you <laughs> look up a little bit like on MasterChef and taste it. Mmm, peppery. Mm. Mm. It's Maplewood. Got, yes, I'm getting the aftertaste of apples. And there's a real meta-narrative of base notes coming through of like moldy dartboards and a wet sock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, these tastings will be in June and July and the giveaways of bacon-themed products. Will why, happen then why don't they make the back of envelopes taste like bacon why don't they have bacon flavored stamps and envelopes that would be the way to go wouldn't it actually you know as a kid i thought it was a real treat if when if you we, got to lick if, an envelope no if <laughs> no listen if and it's when, made her a lot of money since then so don't knock it <laughs> terrible but if and when we went out to eat i thought it was a treat to get the mint flavored toothpicks oh yes 
I didn't know they existed. Yeah, they the mint did. flavored toothpicks. Yes. Yeah, it was great. Wow, I love those. I've never seen them. Cinnamon flavored as well. Yeah. Really? <laughs> God, my toothpicking days have been barely broken. I can't believe it. You get flavored toothpicks in this yeah, country. I thought it was a treat. A treat. They yeah. told you it was a treat. So I'd suck on the toothpicks We've, as a kid, just for fun. We even made our own. You made your own yes. mint flavored cinnamon toothpicks. Ones. I can cinnamon see you whittling. Yes, whittling. <laughs> Wow. I was told we were, we were so you were we had to whittle our own toothpick. <laughs> you started out with a log and by the end of the year you had a toothpick. <laughs> My dad went to wood carving classes when he was uh, in his youth and he had this huge log and he was going to carve an alligator and each week he used to knock a leg off. So by the time he got it home a year later it looked like a new. It was about three inches big. His alligator morphed into a new over time I've because seen wood- some of your wood carvings have you really pig santa it was a really good christmas decoration just because it had a pig's nose i got a bit enthusiastic <laughs> it looked like mick jagger and then pig santa at the same time how to sketch George. <laughs> can imagine you're in bed on christmas eve and you can hear the jingle of sleigh bells and the smell of bacon wafting through the air and you turn around and there's a pig dressed as santa Singing. claus <laughs> wow pig santa will come to you if you're bad if you've had a bad year you'll get pig santa (laughs) very strange and very (laughs) bizarre i have a story here on a very similar alien ufo theme but it is in the round of the strange and the bizarre and i want to jump in with this because it is actually in indiana the home of the bacon flavored scratch card footage of an eerie alien light spotted in the sky is viewed by more than 1.4 million viewers online a video of a strange alien light shining from behind a cloud has baffled the internet. In the clip, a torch-like light is shining from behind a thick cloud and waves around like a lighthouse, erratically swinging from left to right. Do you ever erratically swing from left to right late at night, Greg? No. Nope. Just thought I'd ask. There's a point for Greg. <laughs> Since the video, which was taken in Indiana, was uploaded, it has been viewed more than 1.4 million times. Although some have declared it indisputably the work of extraterrestrials, there is an alternative reason for the light. A NASA website explains a similar video. That is a weather phenomenon where a lightning discharge in a thundercloud can temporarily change the electric field above the cloud where the charged ice crystals were reflecting sunlight. The new electrical field quickly reorientates the geometric crystals to a new orientation that reflects the sunlight differently what nope lost me too something about some ice somewhere (laughs) i want to see him recreate it although not all are ready to accept any scientific explanation one user wrote it literally has to be aliens there's no other explanation for anything else it actually looks like a lighthouse in the clouds you can see the lights going around like someone's got a flashlight and they're whirling it around i'm doing the actions i don't know why the listeners can't see imagine i'm holding a flashlight and i'm swinging it above my head at the moment but again if our listeners wish to see the strange and bizarre lights that are in indiana at the moment the land of the bacon flavored scratch card you can go to our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee and you will see those strange lights in glorious technicolor kim what have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre Real-life Dr. Frankenstein, who has completed over 1,000 head transplants on mice. On mice? Yes. That's icky. Poor mice. That's rough trots. 
In 2013, Chinese surgeon Xiping Ren conducted a historic surgery. He basically sliced the head off one mouse and attached it to the body of another. Did it live, though? I mean, I did that as a kid with a staple gun, but it didn't live. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh. Well, we'll get to that part. Okay. Um, believe it or not, the grotesque creature he had created actually survived for a few minutes. It opened its eyes and even managed to breathe on its own. The operation was hailed a success, and since then, the eccentric doctor and his team have conducted head transplants on over 1,000 mice. With each operation, Dr. Wren has tried to perfect his procedure by using tiny tubes to carry oxygenated blood from the mice's brains to their new bodies after, or is it Mises? Mises, Mises, <laughs> I don't know. After over 1,000 transplants, the results are not very encouraging. After the procedure, the mice open their eyes, breathe on their own, and even show signs of movement. But so far, every one of them has died within a day. That sounds scary and even unethical. But Dr. Wren is so motivated by his modest success that he wants to continue experimenting on other creatures. According to a Wall Street Journal report, he's planning to conduct head transplants on monkeys next. Ooh hoping to create the first head-transplanted primate that can live and breathe on its own at least for a little while. He's I mean, a little behind the times, isn't he? Yes, because think, that guy was going to have his head transplanted, wasn't he? Yeah, I he? think most yes. of the defensive line for the Vikings are made up of that, to be honest. Oh. I think I've read that. All of the politicians in Washington. Oh, controversial. <laughs> We're going to experiment with some satire, apparently. Who knew? If any of those politicians are, in fact, listening, that was Nathan that shouted that out in the background. <laughs> for legal purposes. I'm going to finish the round of the straight and the Bazaar with another alien story. You've got more of you. I've got one more. Okay, let me read this out, give myself some points, and you can have a bash at that. <laughs> aliens are not kept <laughs> at secret Nevada base, insists NASA boss. Area 51 does exist, but no aliens or UFOs can be found there, according to the head of NASA. Major James Frank Bolden Jr. confessed the secretive testing labs existed and even admitted he had been there. But asked about the existence of aliens at the high-security facility, he insisted the truth-seekers would have to look further from home. He told schoolchildren on Sky News, we're going to find evidence that there is life elsewhere in the universe, he said. Speaking to 10-year-old Carmen Deering on the channel's Hot Seat program, he said, I do believe that we will someday find other forms of life, or a form of life, if not now solar system, then in some other solar systems, the billions of solar systems in the universe. Today we know that there are literally thousands, if not millions, of other planets, many of which may be very similar to our own Earth. So many of us believe that we are going to find evidence that there is life elsewhere in the universe. The NASA administrator confessed he had visited Area 51, the US military secretive research and testing facility in the Nevada desert, but he insisted... It's not what many think. He said, I've been to a place called that, but it's a normal research and development place. I never saw any aliens or alien spacecraft or anything when I was there. I think because of the secrecy of the aeronautic research that goes on there, it's right for people to talk about aliens being there. If I was the head of NASA and someone asked me that question, I'd go on a long rambling response about how there's dolphins and they get trained to go into space and there's worms that climb up your bottom and all kinds of things. It'd be fabulous. It'd be a joy, wouldn't it? <laughs> Heather, what if, this is the round of the strange and the bizarre. If it's not going to happen in this round, it's never going to happen. All right. Well, I have one. There you go. Laporte man who licked toad arrested in trespassing charge. Those toad lickers. I've heard of it, but isn't I've never Dave, thought it actually Dave, happened. Dave Matthews song, isn't it? Toad liquor when you lick my toad. No. No, okay, just me then. <laughs> Don't ruin my favorite song. 
A LaPorte man was arrested on a preliminary trespassing charge early Sunday morning after police say he refused to leave a bar and then licked a toad and danced around the parking lot. Wow. Did, this is, La, sorry. Yes, I was going to say, did the toad have to pay for that or is that all part of the service? I'd have no idea. What was you going to say, Kim? I was going to ask where this LaPorte was at because you do realize there's a LaPorte right next to where we go on vacation. We always go to LaPorte for ice cream. We do. Oh, we do. No. Can oh, I have the toad flavored no. ice cream, please? Well, we have to look for this place. I Here. want toad flavored ice cream. That's where we are. <laughs> okay. There's also a Laporte, Indiana, by the way. Uh, Indiana again. What is it with Indiana today? Uh, it, usually it's Florida, but no, maybe we're moving. Security at JJ's Side Out Bar and Grill. Don't no? recognize it. All right. Asked Richard Mullins, 41, to leave the property after they asked him for an ID and he ignored them. First of all, why are they asking a 41-year-old for his ID? No, I thought they asked the toad for that. Oh, (laughs) you're not listening to me, are you? When he got licked, do you think he turned into a princess? I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) You kiss a a prince, but lick a princess, apparently. Uh, Mullins, who was barefoot and carrying a pair of sandals, began dancing around the parking lot. La-dee-da. He picked up a How toad. He, <laughs> <laughs> he picked up a toad and started to lick it. Police arrived and told Mullins that he would be arrested if he didn't leave the bar's property. Police left, but then kept an eye on the area and soon found Mullins back in the parking lot carrying another toad. <laughs> wow, you just can't and he keep was a arrested. good You can't keep a good toad liquor down, can you? Is where we are. That's terrible. Where is he picking up all these toads? Is there like a bar? No. Toadville. This is terrible. <laughs> we now move into a brand new round for our show after fifty episodes and two years worth of shows. We now have a round called Just for Scott. So if you're listening, Scott, this is just for you in Wisconsin. Kim, what have you got for us tonight in the round of Just for Scott? Winnipeg police helicopter accidentally broadcasts oral sex conversation to people on ground. Why has this got to do with Scott, by the way? Is he, have you had conversations with him about because oral he sex? Because he sends stories once in a while, and I actually thought about doing his swimsuit edition one under Ooh. cryptozoology, but then I changed my mind to this one. Yes, if people go to... Uh, <laughs> If people go to Facebook, he did post a picture of a man in a knitted posing pouch, and uh, it's very small, and once the seawater gets on it, you're going to have some problems there. It's going to be itchy if it was wool. Yeah, it more looks, <laughs> uh, yes, that is also true. You're going to need to put some cream on that. Some of us would need two balls of wool is what I'm suggesting here. So the Winnipeg police offered up their sincerest apologies after an embarrassing mistake. An R-rated conversation inside the police helicopter was accidentally broadcast via the aircraft's public address system. It could be heard by people on the ground as the Air One chopper flew through the West End. In a press release, police acknowledged some content of the conversation was inappropriate. (laughs) People took to social media to describe what they heard using the hashtag whoops and speakerphone. Was it a big chopper? (laughs) (laughs) One of the tweeters told the CBC that she overheard the conversation with friends and that they were shocked. It was a hilarious and inappropriate human blooper moment. A police spokesperson says high-ranking officials, including Chief Devin Clunas, are reviewing what happened. Wow. What else over would two men... and over and <laughs> over again. Keep going. Make it up. <laughs> and that's just for you, Scott. I have no idea why, but apparently when Kim reads out a story, 
about discussing <laughs> oral sex. She is not. You're not far from her mind or her thinking, I believe. <laughs> our final round is called Not For Your Mother. This is the round where if you're a delicate disposition or you're easily offended, you need to leave the room and go to some sort of bar in Indiana and either lick a bacon-flavoured scratch card or even a toad if one is available. I you were going to say a bacon-flavoured toad. A bacon-flavoured toad. <laughs> it makes you wonder where the toad's been, doesn't it, at that oh. point? Wouldn't a bacon-flavoured toad be Kermit the Frog? Wow. <laughs> I'm here all week. Try the fish. You've Let been me... waiting all your life to I've do that. I've spent all my life waiting for that joke. And it's funny. <laughs> Good times. Good times. I've got a story here that says, Family find cocoon of world's deadliest spider whose bite can give a man a four-hour erection. It makes me wonder what the problem is. <laughs> a family fear they are sharing their home with the world's deadliest spider whose bite causes a four-hour erection before death. So it's not the worst way to spend the last four hours of your life, is it? Wow. It's either that or watching the entire second series of Box Set of Friends, I'm guessing. that be about four hours. Michaela Egan, 24, found a suspicious white spider cocoon on the last banana in the bunch. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? That looks like the last banana in the bunch, sir. She had bought four days earlier. She posted a picture of it on Facebook and within minutes had messages suggesting it was a Brazilian wandering spider. Well, it wandered a bloody long way, didn't it, from Brazil to England? The deadly spider's venom can kill a human in just two hours and can also give the male victim a painful four-hour erection. I wonder if that's more painful for him Uh, or for her. uh, Hold on. So it can kill him in two but it'll have a four-hour erection. Yes, which is why they have problems getting the coffin lid down. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or the whole family could gather around and play hoopla with ring donuts for your final moments. So fun, fun for all the family. Horseshoes. I wonder if after horseshoes... Go and lay your granddad down at the other end of the yard. I'll get the horseshoes out. <laughs> Grandma never complained, to be fair. I wonder if after four hours... She had the first two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Controversial. Wow. I wonder after four hours that would be considered to be a banana split. Oh, My belt's going to wear out. (laughs) Its venom is currently being studied for the use in erectile dysfunction treatments. Full-time mum, Michaela, immediately put the banana in a sealed bag and (laughs) took it back. Well, you don't want children, do you? You need to take precautions. Uh. Wow. And took it back to the Tesco's in Raynham, Kent, where she bought it from. She was offered a refund and Tesco said it's investigating and has sent the bananas off for a test. But the mum of two (laughs) is terrified of baby spiders and she thinks they could have hatched and are living in their home in Raynham that she shares with her husband, William Osborne, 26, who is a postman. Michaela, mum to George, one, and Ella May, five, said, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I wonder if we're still talking about the banana and the spider. (laughs) (laughs) I started to get really freaked out when everyone was posting pictures and stories of the Brazilian wandering spider. It just looked like a huge brown bulge. (laughs) (laughs) under the webbing but everyone was saying that's what it was it's really scary to think that it could have been handed to my daughter 
Oh, that's just not see. right. According to the Guinness World Records, Brazilian wandering spiders are the most venomous arachnids on the entire planet. They are known to build their webs in nests of bananas. So to avoid bananas, oh. unless you want a four-hour erection followed by death. That might be the way to go out, mightn't it? Be the best four hours of your life. There you go. Heather, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? Oh, man arrested for attempting to have sex with a horse for the third time. Third time? Yeah. What was he having, a cigarette break between each go and a cup of tea? He's just, I don't know. Was this over a prolonged period of time? Yes. Or it was, okay. So yes. it wasn't like he went with the horse, had a cup of tea, had a sandwich, went and had the horse again. It's not came like a back. third date or oh, anything. Oh, okay. I wondered if that was the third date with horses. A man has been arrested after he was caught out in a barn attempting to have sex with a horse. Cirillo Castillo You've got to admire his ambition, haven't you? Is what I'm saying. You're going to need a bucket at least. He's already been arrested twice for having sex with horses. Was once again discovered in a barn he had been ordered to stay away from, so he must really, really like that horse. The 45-year-old from Texas... He does look at him in a strange way. She was asking for it. I'm just Uh, saying. (laughs) The way she does her hair... Well, would you like to hear how he was found? Oh, my. They set cameras up. He was found with a broken leg in a barn in Edinburgh, allegedly attempting to perform a sex act That'd on the animal. Edinburgh, I'm guessing. No, Edinburgh. Oh, my apologies. You, you want go. me to show you? Do I want me to show you a picture of a man having sex with a horse? No, I'll oh. show that to you later. Okay. He took- <laughs> <laughs> this is foreplay in Minnesota. <laughs> Let me show you a picture of a horse. I'll go and put me negligee on. <laughs> he told police that his broken leg was down to being hit by a car and he had crawled to the barn to take shelter for the night. Oh. I know. However, police believe Castillo was kicked by the horse while attempting to have sex with it. That makes sense. The barn's owner found Castillo when she went to feed the horses at around 7 a.m. and recognized him after previously (laughs) warning him to stay away when he was arrested for having sex with her animals before. What's wrong with the man? Castillo was arrested again after being treated for his broken leg in the hospital. He has been charged with criminal trespass and faces 180 days in jail if convicted the horse has been interviewed but has failed to comment so far (laughs) castillo received five years probation in 2013 after he was caught on surveillance tape tying up a horse called nadia Nadia. performing acts on her wow hidalgo county sheriff lupe trevino said at the time we have a hell of a surveillance tape Wow. <laughs> That's not going to be on Europe, yeah, America's Most Wanted, is it, I suspect? Or, or America's Funniest. I like the way they show the footage, but the horse has got a black rectangle over its eyes. <laughs> Nadia. 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 That's very... She said nay. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You've got to admire his ambition, aren't you? Because horses aren't small. Do you see what I'm saying? So, I mean, did the horse... It was the horse kind of chewing on some hay and kind of briefly look round. I mean, would it notice is what I'm saying. Based on horse anatomy, if you decided to embrace the physical arts with equine beasts, would they even recognise the fact? Well, the one did. Apparently, he got kicked. Wow. (laughs) Obviously, well, you know why, don't you? He never took her to the cinema, bought her a meal or anything. She was old-fashioned and it was far too sudden for her. This is where we are. Kim, what have you got (laughs) for me tonight to finish off the round that is not for your mother? Staring at boobs extends male life by five years. Wow. Well, let me have a good gander then, and we'll add a couple of... <laughs> there. Nathan's taken five minutes already. There you go. <laughs> That's right. We're in credit. 
If he's on his deathbed, just get them out and we'll take him over the line. There we go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the best German researcher ever has published in the New England Journal of Medicine that a study including 200 healthy men over five years, including three separate hospitals, has concluded that men looking at busty women for 10 minutes every day will extend their lifespan by five years. Greg's on the internet already. He's looking it up. Wow. You wouldn't believe that Greg's 93, would you? Look at him. He's sprite. The actual statistics are surprising, as it's said to be equal to 30 minutes of aerobic exercise. Wow. Just 10 minutes of staring at the charms of a well-endowed female, such as Baywatch actress Pamela Lee, is equivalent to a 30-minute aerobics workout, said author Dr. Karen Weatherby. Christ, I'm running a marathon every day. I should be dead. (laughs) (laughs) The key seems to be from lower blood pressure and lower resting pulse rate and, oh yeah, boobs. Wow. (laughs) Is there an optimum size I should be looking at? Yes. Okay. The other reason Weatherby is my new hero is her following suggestion for men over 40. She recommends that men are aged over 40 should spend at least 10 minutes daily admiring breasts size D cup or larger. I'll mention that when I'm in Walmart looking at them. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is different from the study done years ago that, say, that says having a pet cat or dog lowers your blood pressure and makes you healthier. I'm not looking at a cat's nipples, you know that. <laughs> That's the, I'm going to draw the straw looking at a cat's breasts. I'm sorry. <laughs> the trick here is that looking at large breasts ups your blood pressure, gets your cardio system going, and equates to 30 minutes w- worth of workout for being sexually aroused by boobs for 10 minutes. Fantastic. So no need to get rid of the cat just yet so you can justify your obsessive subscription to Playboy and Barn Fun magazine. Barn, barn Fun? fun? What's Never barn heard of that. Fun? I have no idea. Wow, I'm going to have to look that one up. I think based on our last few stories, you might want to avoid my fun well german <laughs> scientists have their knockers but i think this is valuable scientific information <laughs> you need a prescription card don't you my insurance isn't going to cover that madam <laughs> <laughs> well all good things must come to an end so let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the k2 meter with the dead battery is greg on one point, he exclaimed that he doesn't go out in the yard late at night naked, divining for water. In in resplendent <laughs> third place, it is Kim on four points. I've rolled in with two, and in wacky races, Penelope pit stop has won with six points. It is Heather, and she will win the $33,000 IR camera. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me in a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and toad-licking weird. Please tell your (laughs) friends and family about the show, and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee, or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com. You can also join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And my book is currently out at the moment. If people are interested, how to be a Christian psychic, what the Bible really says about mediums, healers and paranormal investigators. And remember, you can also join us on SoundCloud.com where we have an extra 20 to 25 minutes of our show in a round called Not For Your Mother in a round that we couldn't discuss live 
on air for being fear of being removed or having a large fine. So if you have a delicate disposition, you need to avoid that. But if you want the DVD extras and another 20 to 25 minutes, go on to SoundCloud and look for MQTA Radio and you will find everything on there for you. And remember, we are a couple of weeks behind on our archives. I also want to say that I believe this is our 50th anniversary our 50th episode so thank you to all of those that contribute to the beast that is more questions than answers and for our listeners all over the world including our friends in denmark my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Tom drainer kim and greg gore and all of the international paranormal society int paranormal.net and all of the show sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.